Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who sends the word with angels, who has made flesh among all peoples, and who breathes peace on all the earth. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Shine into our hearts the light of your wisdom, O God, and open our minds to the knowledge of your word, that in all things we may think and act according to your good will, and may live continually in the light of your Son, Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now is the time for our children's message. So if you're here in the sanctuary, you will see that I am still kind of dressed up for Christmas, even though it was yesterday, because in the church, there are 12 days of Christmas. I still have my Christmas scrunchie. I am still wearing a red Christmassy shirt. And I was reading this morning about the 12 days of Christmas and I found something really interesting. Uh, there's a song about the 12 days of Christmas that we've all heard. It's an English carol called the 12 days of Christmas. But some say there's legend that the song was written as a secret way of teaching the catechism during periods of religious oppression. And others say it just happens to fit to help children remember. So I'm gonna go into that in a little detail. There's some that I'm gonna skip over, some that I will say more detail about because it is a very, it's 12 days and it gets really long when you get into 11 and 12. But no matter if it's true or if it's just legend, I thought it was very interesting. So on the first day of Christmas, my true love sent to me a partridge in a pear tree. The partridge is Jesus, the son of God. Christ is symbolically presented um, as a mother partridge known to feign injury. To de- mm, I'm not going to go that much into detail on that one. But God, Jesus is the partridge. On the second day, it's two turtle doves. Can we think of anything that we have two of? Old and New Testament. Third day, three French hens. We have three the- theological virtues. Faith, hope, and love. Fourth day, four calling birds. What do we have four of? Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Fifth day, five gold rings. This was a tricky one I didn't know. Anybody know five? First, five books of the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy which gives the history of humanity. And then we go on to the sixth day, six geese laying, six days of creation. Seventh day, seven swans a-swimming. And this is the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, and compassion. Eight days, eight eight maids a-milking, And this is the eight Beatitudes. On the ninth day, nine ladies dancing. 
Anybody got this one? What do we have nine of? Fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Ten lords a-leaping. The Ten Commandments. Yep. Eleven pipers piping. This one's tricky, because it's the eleven faithful apostles. The list does not include Judas. And then we get to 12, 12 drummers drumming. And this is the 12 doctrines in the Apostles' Creed, which we'll hear. Well, we're not on the Apostles' Creed yet. So we're still in the Nicene Creed. But those I thought were very interesting. And if you Google it, you can get that full list and things about it. But to imagine the ways that we learn things and the ways that we put things to our memory. Now we have classes and those things that we get to take um, as kids and preteens when we go through confirmation to learn about these histories of the church and these parts of our ministry. But to think that somebody thought up a song about it that is still around today and very well known, I thought that was a very interesting way to continue to celebrate Christmas and what we celebrate on Christmas. Thank you. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Now every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was within the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Well, I'm glad that Amanda did the 12 days of Christmas. Um, and I've, I've heard alternate uh, associations and lessons for, for that. But... Uh, Regardless, counting, counting songs, counting games are really useful ways of learning. Also, singing are really useful ways of learning. The, the Psalms are often referred to as the songbook of the Bible and, and were sung, in many cases, were sung. And some of the great passages in the Bible either are thought to have been existing hymns before they were uh, written. And, and then certainly 
lots and lots of, of hymnody has been written based on scripture. Uh, because when we sing, uh, there's, I, I know that, that musicians like to say uh, singers pray twice, but, the, but there's also the remembering, we remember the, the tune as well as remembering the words, and often as soon as we start to hear the tune, we start to sing the words. The, the piece that I chose is the Christmas Canical for uh, this week and next week. Those who are familiar with Hold an Evening Prayer probably recognize that tune, and there was probably a part of you that was starting to make the association with, oh, what is it when I sing, if I sing that a lot? Uh, there are numbers that throughout scripture Numbers that are part of Hebrew numerology or later numerology and different groups of, uh, of Jews and then later gr different groups of Christians put more or less emphasis on numerology and mysticism or on particular numbers. But there are some that show up over and over and over and over again. Uh, 12, when Jesus was 12 years old, well, 12 is a significant number repeatedly in scripture because of the 12 tribes of Israel. And so we will, we will often hear the number of 12 as a full complement of, of a nation. It also happens to be the eve of maturity or what we often consider maturity. The, um, it, again, it varies a little bit, but a boy could become part of an adult male uh, group at, at 13. And certainly that's, that's time for bar mitzvah even um, in contemporary times. So 12 is this, this in-between. In be I mean, we even call 12-year-olds now, what's the term? Tweeners, yeah. We call them tweeners, in between. In between childhood and, and now we would call it adolescence or adulthood at the time. In between is an intersection. And this is the first week of Christmas. Well, when we talk about Christmas, we talk about Christ's birth. The first Sunday of Christmas is always some story of Jesus' early life. There are only a handful of them. And that comes in between the birth story that we put a lot of emphasis on and then the later three years of ministry, crucifixion, death, and resurrection, which we put a lot of emphasis on. There's this little piece in between. There is an intersection that defines the way Christians experience God, experience the Bible, experience holidays, experience testimony. What is that intersection? This is a hint. What's the cross? Because we're invited by, certainly by Luther and other theologians, to look at 
every, every text we're given, every prayer we're given, every hymn we're given, through the lens of the cross, what does this mean in the context of the meeting of God and humanity, of death and resurrection, of brokenness and forgiveness, of hopelessness and new life. So 12 is also just, just in, in Jesus' life, an intersection. It's also reminiscent of the big, big old hint here in the Samuel, reminiscent of the Samuel. The, the end of the Samuel lesson today, did you notice? Says, now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and with the people. And we get to the gospel. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. Wisdom and years. Sometimes we associate like, like getting older is going to be make you more mature or more insightful. It can. But it's not necessary that we keep growing in wisdom. The reality is that some of us start to coast. We do. And we start to coast after a certain point in our life. It might be the 12th grade. In, in our school system, it might be confirmation in, in terms of church, uh, church rites and passages. It might be a particular moment when we feel like, okay, now I have arrived. And we coast. And then before you know it, we're getting late in our lives, and I'm asking you questions in during the sermon, and everybody looks at Mike because he knows the answers. <laughs> um, but, but in order to keep growing, you have to keep growing. So Jesus is also modeling here, what, what do you do? What do you do when you get to that point where you're no longer a child, no longer having your decisions, your religious decisions made for you by your parents? and moving into an adulthood that's being defined more and more by your own decisions. Now, Jesus gets, gets you know, a little snappy here in my pers perspective. Where did you think I'd be? You know, this is, Imagine gatherings that you have at a normal, normal time of year. You may not have had the same gatherings this year because of COVID, but at, at Christmas. You have your gatherings, you have your events, and people start to go their own ways, right? Well, if everybody is getting in, in cars or various transportation, um, family doesn't always go with parents. In fact, you know, at 12 years old, that may be the time you're least interested in riding with your own parents. Uh, there's a Christmas movie that's not a favorite of mine, but that, that makes a, a joke about this idea of people, a lot going on, too many families, getting, getting into the transportation and going, and not necessarily having track of everybody. What's it called? Home Alone. Home Alone, yes. 
No. Yep, it, it does. It sounds very Home Alone, right? Um, and, and there are other analogies that you can go with that movie, too, if, if you choose to. But they're, you know, they're moving in a big group. And at this point in his life, they could ha he could have gone with anybody in their family for days before they get to their home. Traveling in a group is how you travel safely. But it's also just when you're moving from major festivals that are in Jerusalem, going back to Nazareth or where you're from. So the, the fact that he's left behind isn't as shocking as it might be today. But they go back to, to look for him. And when they find him, you know, I said, where do you think I would, where do you think I would be? Okay, it's a good question for us though. If we are at a point where we're deciding, are we gonna keep growing? Are we gonna coast? Or even if we don't make that decision consciously, but we just start to get in a habit, where do we think we're gonna find Jesus? Where do we think we're gonna come to? to keep growing. Because it says that he was there talking and, and, and answering questions and everybody was amazed by what he was said. So in order for Jesus to keep growing and in order for the people in his community to keep growing, he was engaging with them about scripture. He was in the temple engaging about scripture. Back to the analogy of our 12, 12 days, 12 years, 12 whatever. When we are ready to learn, there are many, many ways that God will come to us. I am by no means suggesting that there is only one way or only one place. But we do have several thousand years of testimony telling us about God, telling us about God's love for us, telling us about the significance of this Christ child, telling us what to expect and what it's going to be for us, then interpreting how it's completely not what we expect it to be. And all of that can be found in scripture and community of Christ the body of Christ. What is the church? Gathering of the saints, or the gathering of the body of Christ. The gathering of God's children. So when we gather, we have been told we can find Christ here. And continue to grow. The last intersection I'm going to point out here is divine and human favor. Now, late in Jesus' life, the human favor really turned, right? But continuing to grow, it, it's not about us growing in divine and human favor so much as understanding that that's where, that's where Jesus went to learn. 
That's what Jesus has to offer us. That's the model that we're called to. And I wouldn't call it here divine and human favor, but it's the offering of divine and human connection. Divine and human community. What is the church? It's where all of God's children are gathered. The gathering of the saints. What is church? It's divine encounter with our community. This is really here a huge invitation to go from Christmas to, and not just jump to adulthood, or not just coast to adulthood, but to say, what is all that stuff that's being offered in the intersection? I hope that each day of Christmas, you experience one new, one fresh, at any rate, intersection with God and with God's beloved. Amen. Please join me as we, as we recite the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, Father the, the Almighty, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. And for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Joining our voices with the heavenly host and Christians throughout time and space, let us pray for the church, the world, and all in need. You come to us in gatherings of your church across the globe. Unite us with those who celebrate your birth, even when they are weighed down by grief, loss, poverty, hunger, or injustice. Merciful God, receive our prayer. You come to us in a diverse splendor of the universe. Grant us the humility to trust our place in the network of creation that we live in service to you and the natural world. Merciful God, receive our prayer. You come to us through, through relationships of many kinds, families, friendships, communities, and nations. 
guide us in these relationships, that we recognize the Christ child in one another and show your love to those most vulnerable. Merciful God, receive our prayer. You come to us through people whom the world forgets. Poor shepherds and imprisoned Paul announced your good news. Send your spirit to all who are imprisoned, struggling with addiction, unwell, or in any need this day, especially those who mourn this Christmas time. Merciful God, you come to us in acts of justice and forgiveness. Open our hearts to forgive one another without permitting injustice. Supply us with the wisdom to be clothed with love, binding all things together in perfect harmony. Merciful God, you come to us through those who have died yet live with you forever. We give thanks for Stephen, deacon, and martyr who gave his life to tell the story of your love. Merciful God, hear us. Rejoicing in your word made flesh among us, we commend these prayers to you, confident of your grace and love made known to us, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Gracious God, your word made flesh brings harmony to the earth. As we offer ourselves and these your gifts, prepare for us to receive the grace and truth you offer at this table and renew in us the song of your salvation in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And please join me with the mission statement. The mission, the mission of, of Resurrection, Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. The God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing so that we may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit through Christ Jesus, the Word made flesh. Amen.
Go in peace. Christ is near. Thanks be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.